Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining Working Cultures Success Stories, where we learn about the professional lives of artists, creatives, and cultural workers. In this podcast, we will hear how people in the arts and culture sector secure employment and the advice they have for those looking for work or hiring. We hope these podcasts will guide you through your professional journey in the arts. Welcome, everyone. Thanks for joining us. Today, we have Melina Sevilla, who is a cultural worker and visual artist with a background in arts, education, and community outreach. She is currently part of the Toronto International Film Festival's People and Culture Department, specializing in talent acquisition after five years of experience working in volunteer management. In her current role, Melina is focusing on building and delivering an inclusive and accessible recruitment experience for job seekers of all backgrounds and abilities. Melina holds a BA in Art History from the University of Toronto and a postgraduate certificate in Arts Administration and Cultural Management from Humber College. Welcome, Melina. Thank you for having me. This is so exciting. It's our first time speaking with someone from TIFF. And we're delighted to have you today to learn more about your role and what it's been like working during the pandemic. And I'm sure you're working from home. Let's begin with your role at TIFF. And what does a talent acquisition person do? Sure. As you mentioned, I'm currently TIFF's talent acquisition specialist working within the people and culture department. That department encompasses our human resources, recruitment, volunteer services, as well as our intern and co-op program. So it's a bit of a mixed bag. All that is related to people, essentially. That means that I'm the lead for all things recruitment. Pretty much full cycle recruitment from making sure that we have the latest job descriptions on file for all of our current roles to posting the jobs managing communications with applicants, scheduling interviews, and working alongside hiring managers to evaluate candidates in applications according to their team's needs and the organization's needs as a whole, and overall assisting hiring managers and anybody that is looking to recruit for their team in finding the best person for the job. What has that been like now during the pandemic? We get a lot of postings on our job board from TIFF, and we have seen with all the other organizations a reduced amount of postings, and that goes along with what the economy is like in general. Mm -hmm. So what has it been like for you with your role at TIFF? There's been lots of changes. I imagine everybody's going through the same thing. Lots of changing, lots of adapting, lots of pivoting. So it's been difficult in some ways to sort of focus on the bigger picture of what our goals were at the beginning of the year that we set for ourselves. So some of that has to have been put on pause for now. We really have been focusing, as I said, on adjusting to the times, especially since this pandemic is just dragging on longer and longer than anybody expected. We're at a point where we know what we're dealing with. Even though it has been a difficult year, lots of things are now improving. Definitely has kept us on our toes. 
as you know, our festival existed mainly in a digital format this year. So that came with an entirely different set of challenges. But I wouldn't say that the hiring process itself has become more challenging or that much different. It looks different from the outside in the sense that in an effort to keep everyone safe, we are doing all of our screening and onboarding virtually. It's a little bit strange to think that we've had quite a few staff members complete their seasonal contracts with us during festival without ever stepping foot in our offices. That's definitely a change. But, you know, working in the arts, I think people tend to be quite resilient and optimistic. And, you know, we've made it work. So you're saying that it hasn't changed too much aside from it being virtual. How is the whole interviewing process? Interviewing online? versus in person. Mm -hmm. Are there certain practices that you'd like to share? Yeah, I mean, I think it's just a new format for a lot of people. In its essence, it's the same process and the same sort of steps. It's really just the output in the format that it's taking. So that is a new thing that a lot of candidates are coming into kind of not having it done before. In terms of best practices, I would say there is a couple of things that we have been doing to sort of ease the process on our candidates. And one of them was essentially streamlining communications. So the candidates and applicants don't have direct contact with our hiring managers or anyone else in HR. It all goes through me. That really helps to make sure that our message is consistent and clear and that Jobs aren't sort of bouncing around in our organization. We also started providing questions ahead of time, which is a bit controversial <laughs> sometimes, but it's a new process. People are trying to navigate this new way of interacting in a professional way, right? It's a way for us to make sure that We're giving people plenty of opportunity to prepare, to sort of minimize those nerves that sometimes come during the interview process. Normally that would be done by our personal interaction, you know, trying to have a a bit more small talk and in general, that tends to happen naturally when it's an in-person process. So that's one of the things that we've been doing just providing as much information as possible ahead of time. And then that way people are prepared. That takes off a bit of the edge of the nerves. And I would recommend it. We have had some really good feedback on that. Yeah. And and I think we just essentially make the most of the limited time that we have with the candidates in that way. So there's more transparency now. Yes. Being more accessible to people working online and making that less stressful. Yes, exactly. And what do you do with tech issues? Does that happen during an interview process where there's some kind of feedback or like the internet's not working properly? Is there anything that job seekers or candidates can prepare or think about before they get into that kind of hiccup? It's definitely an opportunity for people to, A, have some notes on their screen. In terms of technology, I would say having a pair, a good pair of headphones is a good idea. 
and being really present because, you know, it is harder to absorb the questions and understand them, especially if you're dealing with an employer that isn't providing them ahead of time. Um, So I would say just making sure that you have the proper internet connection, they have the proper headphones, your mic is working and taking care of as much of that ahead of time. Also for employers, I would say approach your interaction as a collaboration. We're all on the same boat dealing with these types of issues and having to work remotely. So I'm always candid with uh, any of the candidates in letting them know that if there is a technical issue, we can try to solve it together. We can always reschedule and just keeping sort of that communication open so that it's a bit compassionate and, and considerate and understanding that those types of things happens and, and you can't blame it on people. You really can't put it on anybody because as much as it could happen to a candidate, it could happen to me. And we're all trying our best to make a good impression. I feel like the transparency and knowing that you're speaking to someone that is understanding, it certainly puts people at ease and makes the whole process more manageable. You mentioned that everything is basically the same. It's just that it's virtual. You give people the questions in advance, which is really great. What would you say in regards to how those questions line up with the job posting itself? Is there a way that people can prepare just by reading the job posting and thinking of potential questions that they may be asked? Absolutely. Our first set of questions is essentially values-based. We want to make sure that we're bringing, well, we want to make sure that we're bringing in diverse candidates and different perspectives. We also have a set of core values that we absolutely want to make sure the people that we're bringing on align with those. In terms of the second round of interviews, it's really all about competencies. So we do mostly behavioral competency-based questions. So have a look at the job posting, identify what the competencies are for the rolling question and prepare to answer based on that. We ask for lots of examples. So it is always good when a candidate is able to provide an example, even if it's not directly related to a professional experience or to a similar role. If you're able to sort of circle it back to that competency that in question and, and related back to the role in question, that's, I think, the best, the best way to do it. Uh, I would say don't shy away from providing examples outside of your professional life or from your schooling or from your personal life. As long as it all circles back to those competencies that we're looking at, I would say that's the best way to prepare Think about your past experiences, but also looking at the future and and being able to articulate how those competencies and how the role in question fits into your career goals and sort of your aspirations. That's, that's, I mean, that's always really great to hear during an interview because it shows self-awareness in it and it sort of gives us an idea of whether beyond are you qualified for the role, are you the best person for the job? in a more wholesome way. I've been on a hiring committee myself, and I know that it really helped me to see things from a different perspective. Mm -hmm. Has this whole process influenced you in any way? Absolutely. 
it's so interesting to be on the other end. It's not easy to be on either side. I love working with people. I try to, like I said, approach all my interactions in a, in a collaborative way and with a sort of an open attitude. And so it's kind of reiterated to me more that it's a hard thing to do on both ends. It's hard to make a decision. And, and it's also, you know, hard to try to make a memorable impression. So it has impacted me in a way that I have a lot more appreciation now for everybody that's interviewed me in the past and uh, just drawn from those experiences and, and trying to remember what was a good experience that I had. One of the tips that people usually give job seekers is think of questions and how you would ask them if you were the employer and then do that kind of role play with the friend. That's also good practice in terms of asking your interviewer questions that go beyond what's it like to work at TIFF? You know, what's the culture like? Those are totally fair things to ask. But if you are able to dig a little bit deeper and really think about not just, I really want this job, but what would getting this role mean for me in a deeper way and being more inquisitive in that way. And like you said, putting yourself in the other person's shoes as well, that definitely, definitely helps. Like I said, it's really interesting to be on the other side of the table now, essentially. And I've had so many eye-opening moments, even deciding to provide questions ahead of time. I'm like, why doesn't everybody do this? <laughs> There's always room for improvement. So I would say absolutely, like you said, really think about the whole process in a 360 holistic way. Yes, I love that. You know, thinking about all the changes that are happening now because of the pandemic and the way that we're working from home and using more online tools and online interviews, Zoom webinars, and knowing that we have to shift the way that we work now. Are there any important professional skills that you think people in the sector should in general be thinking more about and on ways to build those skills? That's a really good question. I think top of mind, it's a good opportunity to look at ways in which technology can be used in creative ways, not only to replace whatever processes you would be doing in person or in the office, but also ways to streamline some of these processes or improve your productivity, sort of assess how many tools you can start bringing into your day-to-day -day that maybe once you start working back in the office, they're going to stay in place. I definitely see that happening. But in terms of, I guess, like softer skills, time management and communication, I think is key right now because working remotely, it's so easy to become disconnected from your coworkers and colleagues and industry in general. So I would say make sure you're working in a timely manner, managing your time as effectively as possible because being at home, so many things can come up, especially if you're like me, you're a parent or you have a pet and, you know, working from home, these things sometimes come up and interrupt your workday in a way that it wouldn't happen if you were in the office. So just time management and communication, communicating with as much clarity as possible. It's really the only way to make remote work actually work. I agree. 
That's so important. I mean, it was important before, but I think it's now more relevant. It's just put that to the forefront. Absolutely. Even though we're social distancing and being more isolated, I think it's showing how important it is to be communicating clearly and efficiently using online tools. Yes, exactly. And like, we don't have the opportunity to go to someone else's desk and ask a quick questions, but there are so many ways that we can circumvent that and still make it work. So it's a bit more time consuming because you can't just hop over to someone's desk. These days, you have to actually book a meeting with them or wait for a response. Would you say that it's like one of the silver linings out of this or a pleasant surprise that has come out out of the pandemic? figuring out what skills are super important and what will utilize more once the pandemic is over? Yes, absolutely. I think there's been a few pleasant surprises. That's one of them, just sort of realizing this is the way that our team dynamics work. And these are the skills that we really need our teammates to develop and keep up with. There's been a few others. The fact that we're able to be just as productive while working remotely, and I mean that both within my own people and culture department and TIFF as an organization as a whole, that's definitely been a silver lining, realizing how resilient we are as a team and as an organization. And we're no strangers to patting each other on the back because we're a a charity, we're a nonprofit. We are used to sort of that optimism and drive that everybody has, but it's been so difficult on so many people to pivot in the way that we have had to do it. And to see the entire organization pull off a whole festival um, during a pandemic was definitely a silver lining, definitely a huge sigh of relief of like, okay, we got this. Even if this drags on a bit longer, we obviously are able to come up with new and creative ways to drive our mission forward. So that's definitely been a silver lining. The launch of digital TBLB, Digital Tough by Lightbox, uh, which is the streaming platform that we use during festival. It was just amazing to me. And I wasn't involved directly in it, but I did recruit a few people to help with it. So I'll take credit for that. <laughs> I would say that's been the silver lining and it comes with its challenges, but it's it's kind of hopeful to see that there have been goals that we've been able to accomplish, even though lots of them were put on pause. Just the fact that we were able to put the festival together and come up with a good, effective way to do it was awesome. Yes, congratulations on that. You mentioned it earlier that the industry is resilient as well. And we need to give ourselves more credit than we do because As creative people, we can adapt and we can come up with new ways of doing things. And I think this is one of the best industries to be in during this time. Maybe I'm biased, but I think we're always one of the best industries to be part of. (laughs) For sure. Well, thank you so much, Melina. Now, aside from our job board, how can people learn more about opportunities at the Toronto International Film Festival? We post all of our jobs at tiff.net slash careers, as well as at the TIFF Toronto International Film Festival LinkedIn page. Follow us, 
check our site on a regular basis. If there's any opportunities that anybody's interested in, I'm happy to answer any questions. I can also be emailed at careers.tiff.net. And I'm always happy to hear from interested job applicants and job seekers. Great. Thank you so much, Melina. Thank you, Mona. It's great speaking to you. Thank you for listening to Working Culture's Job Board Success Stories. For more information on other Working Culture resources, please visit our website, workingculture.ca, and subscribe to our newsletter to receive job board updates, news, and trends. Join us for our next episode or contact us at info at workingculture.ca to share your success story. Thanks so much, everyone.